welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, presented by JewishCoffeeHouse.com. Nice Jewish Fangirls is a podcast where three Orthodox women discuss all of the geeky things that we are obsessed with. My name is Michal Schick, and I am your host, and I am joined by my co-hosts, S.M. Rosenberg. Hello. And Tamar Herman. Hello. So, today, we have a couple of exciting things to talk about. Our main subject is going to be, oh gosh... Idol worship? The, I guess, presentation of, of gods and worship uh, in fiction and how, if at all, that relates to our Jewish identity as Jewish fans. Um, there's something that, that we came into contact recently that kind of kicked off this discussion, so we're, we'll share was, that later. It was recommended to us on our Facebook Yes, page. exactly. It's <laughs> more of me saying so let's get started with our current obsessions. Tamar, you're up first this week. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about Doctor Who this current season. We got a, a new companion. Wait, what's the Bill- sound? Ooh-ee. I'm not doing it. it. <laughs> I don't watch do the show, so I don't know. It. That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good yeah. rendition, though. Uh, so pretty much uh, we're in the last season of the current Doctor. Um why am I blanking on his name? Peter, Peter Capaldi. Capaldi. <laughs> uh, so it's Peter Capaldi's last season on the show, and we got yes. a new companion, Bill, and she's the first ever gay companion on the show. And that was like, they did a really cute thing in the beginning of the seasons. I haven't spoken about it yet, but I have been watching. I did catch up last Saturday night. I happened to think I was watching the last week's episode, but apparently someone had uploaded that day's airing in England so early that it hadn't even aired in the US yet. So like, it was airing on BBC while I was watching it and I thought it was the previous week's episode. So that was a lot of fun. And then I saw these people tweeting about it and I was like, they did that twice? And I was really confused. Uh, pretty much the last episode I saw was called Oxygen and it's a outer space zombie episode and the doctor Ooh. faces these zombies and there's this whole anti uh, the zombies are actually aliens no the so zombies are, are dead they're all dead in okay. but the <laughs> you don't want spoilers <laughs> SM explicitly told me before that I can't give her any spoilers it's okay I, I think I'll wave it, I'll wave it. <sighs> pretty much the uh, doctor and Bill go to like the TARDIS gets them lost and they end up on a space station for that has a beacon for help and they get there, and it turns out that uh, in this company's the space station is owned by a company that's mining, and you have to pay for breaths of oxygen. So you buy like seven thousand oxygen a, a year or something, whatever it is. Um, that's way too low. So like your suit, if it runs out of oxygen, it says, "Do you need to tap up your oxygen?" And this is the whole thing about consumerism and capitalism. And pretty much they got hacked and they like were hacked to deactivate the presence or something. I don't remember the terminology in the show. Pretty much it's kill the person who's wearing you. Oh. But the suits are still functioning and someone's controlling them and they're walking. So they have these dying, mm. dead zombie people and suits. Oh. So people were comparing it to like That's a... That's really creepy. It was really morbid. Uh, and there was a lot of really crazy things going on. And in the last 30 seconds of the show, you find out that something... So, you know, like, Doctor Who, it's usually really, like, lighthearted and fun, but they do go off the deep end a lot of the time, or frequently. In this episode, like, literally a character that you know dies, and then they have another one who gets seriously injured, and one of those things gets fixed by the end of the show, and then the other one you think got fixed, and then you find out that it didn't. So it's like the last 30 seconds of the show, and you're just, everybody was sitting there like, (gasps) so when I thought I had watched 
the like previous week's episode is like they did another 30 second thing like people are on twitter like well can we talk about that 30 seconds yet has everyone watched and i was just like oh my gosh what's going on and doctor who like they like <laughs> they started all this twist. yeah i was just like so i can't handle this <laughs> uh, so i'm really excited for this week's episode and i'm excited for the show i really like peter capaldi everyone hates yeah, on I the personally don't like him very much, and I'm very eager for him to be replaced. So, his last season had some good episodes, but everyone's going to attack me because nobody liked Clara, but she was fine. She was whatever. I do like Peter Capaldi. My favorite doctor is uh, Eccleston, so, like... I that's... love Eccleston, too. Well, I don't understand you don't like Capaldi, then, but whatever. Yeah, Eccleston and Capaldi are nothing alike. Yes, they are! Also, the writing was nothing alike. The writing is very different, but in Capaldi's best episodes, they're written by people who clearly were influenced by the... Eccleston episodes. I have nothing to add here. Sorry. That's why I'm talking about one doctor and another Yes, one. yeah, I, mean, I know that much. We're talking about the first nine of the re- and <laughs> 12. Was 12? Okay. Where does the war doctor go? He doesn't get a number. He doesn't have a number. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why I was like, 12. It <laughs> yeah. could be 13. Um, but I'm excited. I'm very, 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 very nervous about what who they're going to announce for the next doctor. Um, I don't really have any preference. I know some people are hoping that it's a woman. Some people are hoping that it's not a white guy. I really don't have a preference for it. I know I'm supposed to be what like, I want hmm, or a ginger. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I'll take a ginger. I think they'll do a ginger last, though. Because... I think he is a ginger, isn't he? No. The new guy? They well, there was speculation. There was speculation. Oh, okay. It was the guy from Love, actually, right. but he hasn't confirmed it yet. I kind of hope not, because I cannot take him seriously. People are... What's his name? Love Actually, so... He's, like, a ridiculous I character. I can't is. remember his name, but if you've seen Love Actually, he's Colin Frissell, the guy who literally goes to America to have sex with girls. Uh, fun, fun. Yeah, that's literally okay. what he that's does. adorable. Uh, it's really weird. And so I can't imagine him as the Doctor, but I do like the, the connection between Bill and the Doctor, like... She's funny. She calls him out on his stupidity. Every other ca- character in the show's history has always been like, Doctor Who? And she goes, Doctor what? And it's like very cute and cheesy. Um, the whole premise is that she she works on the college campus that he's a professor at. He's a professor now? So we're trying to figure out how that happened, but there's a vault underneath the campus that he's protecting and oh, okay. i know I'm guessing i know who's in it but they haven't announced that yet i'm hoping that's next week um <laughs> or this week i guess it's well hopefully by the time this podcast goes once up. they figure it out then they'll include it in the show no they know <laughs> I, they've, I mean they've released the trailer already for the whole season okay. so we know who's a vil- the big villain in this season okay. and you're like so it's not like, like you, you know lost and like what's in the hatch i don't know no, no figure no, it no. out between seasons no and he like <laughs> has a, can, i give another spoiler this is like a really bizarre scene that it was kind of like this makes sense if you've watched every single episode of the reboot, but he's, like, talking to the person in the vault trying to feed them. Like, it sounds like he locked the person up, but they haven't told you anything except that there's someone in the vault and they're knocking on the door. And then there's, like, one scene where he's, like, going down with a food tray and there's someone playing piano on the other side and he's, like, telling him about, or the person, about the adventure, like, that he just had. And they stop, and he opens the door and he walks in with the food tray. So it's not like he's opening up a latch or something, so we know it's not like someone's, like, a about to kill him right now so mm-hmm. i know who it is okay <laughs> i'm just All really right. excited and i like <laughs> no that's season. good i know i know people have like gone back and forth a lot on dr who i think my brother stopped watching it um and like used to love it so it's nice when i used to like it more i have like my little sister bought me a tardis blanket that's really cozy and someone for the mystery back maccabee for olaf gave me tardis earrings this year which are cute mm-hmm. i'm not like as in love with it as i once was 
But and I like the imagery of the show, and it's fun, you know, to be able to make references, you know, among mm. my friends and whatever, and know what everybody's talking about. But, um, I think yeah, I'm not, you know, particularly emotionally attached. I don't know if I ever was like emotionally attached to Doctor Who, but I did enjoy it more, you know, when I, you know, liked the Doctor more. Right. Um, so but I always like I liked I always liked mm-hmm. the side characters the most. I felt like you know in episodes where the side characters were really strong, those were you know the standouts to me. There are even some episodes. There's like one episode episode that like fandom hates 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 with a passion. Like it's called Love and Monsters, um, and like it focuses basically the Doctor is barely in it at all, and it focuses around um, basically a fandom that has arisen in Britain, uh-huh. you know, a small, like, society that has okay. risen in Britain where they track the Doctor's So, like, what they did in Doctor Who, in, uh, Sherlock, the first, the third season, I think? I don't Like, know. they, they had, like, a Sherlock fan society meeting and discussing, like, theories oh, about how he I died that or didn't die. Yeah. Um, I don't think I saw that episode, so it might have been the most recent season. No, I think it was the first mm. episode of season three, because I didn't watch season four. Mm. I don't know. I watched season three relatively recently. I don't remember that. Um, but yeah, anyway. What was he saying? Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about, about uh, Love and Monsters. Monster. Oh, yeah, Love and Monsters. So, like, it focuses basically, like, the Doctor is, is in it for, like, you know, a few minutes, but it's mostly about, you know, these people and this, you know, little society that they've come up and their dynamics between them, you know, and I really like that, and, of course, everybody likes Blink, but, like, I like it because I like the side characters, and I thought that, you know, the side characters were really strong, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I like what, how they do real people in the show more than, like, um... I guess, you know, like, all the the alien stuff is fun, but, like, I like the the real people, and I like when it feels like it's grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, do you have something more you want to say? I was going to just say that in the last episode, they had someone who is, like, on the space shuttle, which was all humans, and then there was one blue guy. Oh. Like, he looks human, except he has, I mean, clearly he has blue face paint and really cool uh, <laughs> contact lenses. But, it, but I was watching it, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, it is a, an alien show, but the latest episodes this season haven't really focused on the alien aspect there was a previous episode where they go back to like victorian london and there is a alien in the thames killing people and you find out all this stuff and at the end of it like it never names the alien never says where it came from it never actually says if it's an alien he's like he's not implying that it's like the Loch Ness monster or something but it's probably not because it's doctor, <laughs> who. I mean, like, it, it, doctor who and it doesn't matter everything boils down to you know it's aliens you know like it, whereas in supernatural everything always boils down to it's demons uh, you know like or Buffy. or angels now <laughs> or whatever um but yeah, so, like, in Doctor Who, like, if there's, you know, if it's an episode about vampires, the vampires end up being aliens. Everything, you know, always ends up being aliens. So this time, actually, he, there's, like, one scene where somebody's talking about slavery in Victorian London, or, or racism, sorry, it was racism in Victorian London, and the Doctor determines that he's a human because he's super racist. Ah. And okay. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> aliens are not racist? No, because Bill is black, and he walks in with her, and, and like, this, like, Victorian lord goes like, how dare you bring her in around? And he, like, punches him. He's like, clearly you're human. You won't be able to fight me back or whatever. Wait, hang on, no. The, but but, but the, the one punched. episode of Doctor Who that I really mm-hmm. watched was the Shakespeare one. Yeah. And that's with Martha Jones. And yes. Martha Jones is black. And she's like, hi, I'm in Shakespearean London and black. And it doesn't And he's like, oh, it won't be a problem. They won't care. So, different writers. Okay, different writers. <laughs> All right. Um, this one was a plot point, and it was uh, cute. Right. I mean, it was... It was witty and people have been saying that yeah, a lot of the seasons Victorian like that. London is that do they have um 
what is uh, it'll Jenny and the uh, lizard lady. I keep forgetting her name. Uh, no, they're. What time period are they in? They're not in the same one. They're a little bit newer. They're more like this was like in. It looked like early eighteen hundreds. I think I forget the date of it. They said at the beginning, I clearly was not paying attention, and I wasn't paying attention to the clothes either. <laughs> Basically, there are these, you know, lesbian lovers. Yeah, um, but they're a little bit, like, the. I'm just thinking of the technology. They're, like, actually Victorian. I'm thinking more, like, 1840s, 1830s. Yeah. So they live somewhere in, like, olden times, but not ye olden times. Oh, okay. There's lights. <laughs> <laughs> SM, what's your current obsession? Okay, my current obsession. Um, this is an interesting one. Because this, I came in contact with this book and this author over the uh, the internet, over Facebook, in a group that I'm in. She posted a picture of this book that I am holding up here that you cannot see, but it has a mostly. <laughs> we'll post like, a link. <laughs> yes, we'll post a link, and it has this uh, this blue uh, cover. It's the title is Starstruck. The author is S. E. Anderson. It has this like very bold font and very um, bright lights kind of look with these astrometric designs um, in the background and this lost looking girl in a red dress with a a suitcase who's on the phone and like you know she looks like she's like trying to figure stuff out. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. Is she actually in the dress in not the in book? The, not in the book. The book never, I don't okay. really remember it describing her wardrobe at all. Because that's like a thing in YA <laughs> novels. Yeah. Like some, like. Or the cover doesn't them. match the book. Well, but also they'll, they'll inexplicably be girls in dresses on the cover. And it's like. Yeah, I mean, I could. Don't know I why. don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember if, you know, this was a specific dress that she was wearing. But at a certain, uh, at a key point in the, in the book, when she first runs over an alien with her car, she's on the way uh, back from a party, so it's possible that she was uh, wearing this red dress. I just don't remember that specific detail. Um, She was also... So what's interesting about this cover design, though, is that it was designed, actually, by the author. Hmm. Um, She taught herself how to do cover design during, um, like, the early days of NaNoWriMo, when if you you finish your novel or won a contest or whatever, that you would get a proof of your book. Mm -hmm. So she taught herself cover design because she wanted her books to look pretty on her shelves. Um, And so that has carried over, and she's now, like, a professional cover uh, art artist, and she's done cover art for a bunch of different uh, authors, and they have encouraged her to get back into her writing uh, and seek publication, and so the real interesting story behind this book is that this is the first book by Bolide Publishing, and it is a very, very small press that just launched uh, in Scotland. Oh. Um, and I... The author's American, though? The author is American, but has never lived in America. Like, I think her oh, parents okay. are American, and she, you know, spent some time in London. I referred to her as well-traveled. <laughs> <laughs> she says she hates the question of where are you from, because she doesn't know how to where answer Where does she live it. at the moment? Right now, she's in France. She's in university. Huh? Um, she is a scientist in training. Um, she's about to finish undergrad, and she's going to go to... What's grad a grad Scientist. So she studies, um... Astronomy, astro- uh, you know, um, cosmology. Like Sky S K Y. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not, uh, yes, Sky. Uh, that's her her term for it, and I like it, so I keep, I used it. So she's um, a, she's a Scientologist. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, she's not a Scientologist. She believes in more of the scientific method. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I um I so she posted a picture of the of the first copy that she got of the book, 
um, and all excited about it. And I was like, this is so cool. Do you like the book? So yeah, so I, I read the book in advance um, before it was um, officially released on May 4th. Um, and it's a fun time. The writing style is not necessarily my, you know, my favorite kind of writing style, but um, the book itself is very light and fast and the dialogue is great. Mm -hmm. The dialogue is a real strength um, and it's got a lot of female characters. It's got like a two to one ratio of female to male characters. Nice. And there's at one point there's an alien that um, is not identified, is, is described as androgynous and mm -hmm. referred to by they them pronouns, which cool. is also good. Um, and yeah, and Essie Anderson, the author, said that you know that was one of uh, her primary goals was to you know put more fun female characters into sci-fi. Awesome. Um, and yeah, and she's you know so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, reading the sequel, and I'm glad that it's doing well. Um, and you know hopefully you know the series you know will only get better as it goes on. Very cool. So awesome. It's exciting. Oh, and they had there's this postcard that I have which has a personalized message from, Aww, from the author hey. to me. Um, yeah, uh, that was sent. <laughs> I was like, who's Sarah? Yeah, no. <laughs> That's me. Um, and, yeah, and it's got a fan art rendering of uh, the three main characters. This one is Xander standing here in this, like... What's the book actually about? Shirt and tie, and this is Blade in her leather jacket, and this is Sally in her dress. So, the book is about... Um, this college dropout named Sally, um, who is struggling to get her life together and, you know, yeah. is, uh, like, is late for work. Like, the first day you meet her, she's, you know, she's late for work and she's fired from her, um, from her retail job. And so she's, like, not in a good place. And then, like, her friend, you know, throws a, a party. It's supposed to be her friend's birthday party and turns out, like, it essentially, you know, her, her friend threw it you know, to try and make her feel better, Aww. and she's, like, really mad about this. <laughs> she's like, I don't want your pity party. <laughs> um, and she it's goes driving off in a huff, something. and then she hits this person who um, turns out to be an alien named Xander, and, um, and he uh, is a teleporter, and he just, like, jumps from system to system, but he is, like, an, an intergalactic criminal, and he is wanted by everybody. So it's a Sanderson novel. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, he's like Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, and so he keeps getting, he keeps, you know, so, like, he, he keeps getting her, uh, he keeps getting her into trouble, um, she invites, and then she invites him to, you know, be her roommate, because he keeps getting himself into trouble with Earth authorities and with other authorities, but he can, he can handle all the other authorities. Do, do they but know that the there are galaxies like is she like oh my god you're an alien or like oh okay aliens um no she's like you know i she's a total sci-fi dork nerd okay um, but, but like our she's type of world where like we like, wouldn't expect like, an alien to show up yeah no okay. she was like oh my god there aliens exist my world just got so much bigger right. this is really cool but also really overwhelming right um and yeah um i think my favorite part of, of the book <laughs> happens um relatively early on, but it's, um, she gets abducted and imprisoned on an alien spaceship, and her escape from this alien spaceship with the androgynous character and, um, this other female alien who has a broken translator, so, like, half of her words are replaced with nonsense, <laughs> um, uh, but you can That's still funny. tell what she means, you know, and they're both badasses, and they all escape together, um, uh, so that, I think, you know, was, like, one of the best parts that I, you know, I, I hope that, you know, there's, there are more scenes like that as the series goes on, um, of just, like, great characters doing, you know, ridiculous things and getting out of impossible situations. Awesome. 
Very and, cool. Yeah. So, this is a... I will consider this my current obsession, even though I read it a few weeks ago. <laughs> because I didn't talk about it then. Every time we finished an episode, I was like, darn, I didn't talk about Starstruck. What's wrong with me? Yeah. And it's the first of a trilogy? And this postcard just came today, so oh, very it's nice. So it is timely. Yes. Very, very cool. Um, oh, and where can people get that? On Amazon? You can or? get it on Amazon. It's actually it's published by um, by CreateSpace, which is the same you know oh, okay. Amazon service yeah. that uh, did my dad's Haggadah. Um, but this is obviously a much bigger, more substantial book. Cool. Um, not too much bigger. It's like no, it's a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm saying like it's like 385 pages. Yeah. It's not like you know a monster book, right? You yes. know, um, and there aren't too many words on a page, and it is very readable. So. Awesome. Well, my uh, my obsession is, I guess, kind of different. Um, but I saw um, I saw the movie The Wedding Plan. Uh, by Rama Burstein on Sunday. Um, it was Mother's Day, and we went to brunch, and then my sister was like, let's go see this movie. And so we went into the city and saw the movie. Um, it's called, I think, La Avora Takir in Hebrew, and Rama Burstein is the the filmmaker who made Through the Wall a couple years ago, which was a Orthodox movie that got a lot of attention that I didn't see because it sounded really sad, and I was like, I don't need so that. So that's La Avora Takir. Uh... No, that's a uh, that's fill the void. That's oh, what did I void. say? It was called? Yeah, you said over okay. The wall. So yeah, uh, no, okay. So this oh, movie so this is the same director. <laughs> yeah, as fill she, the void. she did fill the void, okay. and then she made La Avora Takir, which in English was they decided to call the wedding plan. I don't understand these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know they could call it. Walk to Remember in Hebrew um, something that ended up like translating to like unforgettable love story. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, real subtle there. Uh, <laughs> Better than she dies at the end. Spoilers. Everyone, someone dies at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, it's about a an Israeli woman named Michal, and so I realized that was the first time I had ever seen a movie or like read anything or a TV any any kind of media. I think with. The main character with my name, um, and she uh, wants to get married, and she's been dating for ten years. And I was like, God, that doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> Phil the void traumatized me, honestly. Yeah, I know. I, I don't I think I want to see it. it. <laughs> um, yeah, but this this was it's well, it's marketed as a comedy. It is very funny, um, but it's also especially I think if you're if you're a, a single Orthodox woman. It will mean a lot to you because it uh, basically she she the first scene is her going to um, I it's not really a matchmaker she's more like one of those like Ian Hara ladies um, and she she ends up smearing fish on her face and like they have a whole deep conversation and she's like don't worry you're gonna get married and then cut to yay she's testing her like food at whatever with her chassan her groom and then he's like he I won't give it away but he decides. He doesn't want to get married. Um, yeah, it's very sad, and the actress is really good. Uh, Broken and are the it was very, yeah, it was it was really tough. Uh, and from there, she but she decides basically she has her she has her wedding date. She's gonna get married on the last night of Hanukkah, and she's not canceling it. That's what I was she pays for the hall. Oh, nice. <laughs> she pays for the hall. She gets her dress, and she's like, "I'm going to get married. I just need to find the guy." Um, and so it kind oh, of goes from there. Cute, so know? it is. It, it is like cute. a ridiculous rom com. You know, setup, it's not as. But it sounds like it would be fun. The thing is, like, the film is very aware that it's a ridiculous. Like, the characters call her on it constantly, mm -hmm. and like sounds she, like crazy uh, 
ex-girlfriend type thing. I guess. I haven't seen that. Oh, but they're like, you're insane. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, yeah, they, they do say that. It's also very interesting, because, like... I the, think that her, her decisions in that show are slightly less healthy than, <laughs> than, you know, than this. But so, you know, the main character is from, but her family isn't, and, like, so she's kind of, like, a balshuva, like, in Israel, so it's, like, you know, all the stuff that she's, like, wearing, I'm like, oh, my God, I, like... I mean, I wouldn't wear that stuff because she dresses in a very Israeli way, but I'm like, yep, I get it with the, you know, the shirt under the shirt and, like, the <laughs> button-up thing and, like, you know, it's it's just very, like, the details are extremely orthodox, obviously, because Rama Bershain's orthodox and, like, you know. So she dresses like Maya Bialik. Uh, no. no. She dresses more <laughs> modestly than Maya Bialik. Like, she's not wearing Maya Bialik wears pants. I'm thinking of Maya Bialik on The Big Bang Theory. Oh, I think I she's just her. supposed so, to be uh, Nebby on the Bialik. Yeah, yeah, and she yeah. dressed like from girl. On the, on the big uh, a little bit, but she, like basically, I, I like could recognize years, so. almost all of her outfits and be like, I'm sure I know somebody in Israel who dresses like that, and like, um, yeah, and so it was really, really great. It's a great movie, um, but it also was kind of emotionally challenging. I cried. My mother cried. My sister cried. Oh, <laughs> like we all just just cried in this movie about this girl trying to get married. And I was like, wow, yeah, very, very moving. Um, but really, really good. Um, and also, it was funny because my Hebrew is not great, as I've mentioned before on the show. But like a couple times, I could tell that the subtitles were not exactly what they were I saying. I love when I can tell that. And I was like, <laughs> wait a second, like they did something else. And like every time Michal came on the screen and the subtitles, I was like, what? Oh my god! Yikes! You know. Um, but yeah, really good. I highly recommend it. Um, I guess I'm gonna have two obsessions this week. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the other obsession is. Uh, uh, well, we have touched greatness. <laughs> greatness has touched back. I guess you could call it that. Uh, Maya Bialik had a book signing. Um, she has a new book out called Growing Up, which is a kind of guide to growing up and, you know, life and biology and dating for, like, girls. I think it's, like, 11 to 18. Um, and uh, she, yeah, so she wrote this book as, you know, Maya Bialik PhD because She's a freaking neuroscientist, like, you know. <laughs> um, and she was doing a book tour, so she went to the Barnes & Noble at Union Square uh, last Thursday. Yeah. And I went, and I invited these two, and they did not come. I just want to say Why that. are you shaming us? Because I'm shaming you. I ended up being, like, really sick that day, so it was a good thing that I did not I'm come. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I went, I went to... All alone. I went by myself. Uh, got a parking spot, <laughs> which got is a awesome. bracelet. Uh, got a got a bracelet, got a seat, and of course, couldn't decide like which seat to take where I would get a better picture of her and pick the wrong one. Whatever, it was fine. Um, and yeah, Mayim spoke about you know her her perspective as a scientist and her like her you know geek whatever. It was funny because when I bought the book, you had to buy the book to like get into the signing. And the guy uh, who checked me out, he was like, do you know what she's really from? Or, like, what she's from first? And I was like, Blossom. And he was like, yes, thank you. All these kids are... And the guy wasn't that old. Um, but I was like, I've never actually seen Blossom. Me neither. I don't know anything <laughs> I know about it. About I just it. know she's from... Yeah. yeah. She has that hat. Uh, but, yeah, so so it was really fun. I, I asked her a question because I kind of, like, wanted to ask her a question. <laughs> so I asked her if she was going to do any, like, other stuff, you know, because she has Grok Nation, her website, and, like, you know, I, I was basically like, are you going to make a web series or, or something like like that? And she said, you know, she wants to do everything, basically, but she's busy. <laughs> so maybe. Uh, yeah, but it was a really great experience. I got to meet her and take a picture with her. 
Um, it's on our Facebook page and Twitter if you want. And I had the book made out to the nice Jewish fangirls. And she, she recognized us. She was like, oh yeah, no, I know that. Yeah, because like, she's responded to us on Twitter already. But yeah, so she, yeah, that was really nice. And then like, as I was like moving away, because it's all very quickly, right? Um, I was like, you're an inspiration or something like that. Like something <laughs> stupid. And basically... So yeah, I don't know if Maya Bialik okay. thinks that we're yeah. you know the the smartest podcast on the block, but she knows that we are on the block, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but so that that happened, um, and you know, um, okay, cool. So now we're gonna move on to our main discussion, which, as we said, is Avodazara idol worship, I guess. Religion <laughs> I'm not and really gods. sure. Yeah, religion and gods uh, in fandom as it relates to Judaism. That's a very un. On cumbersome title. It's a cumbersome <laughs> title, but we were inspired to talk about this uh, by an uh, an article called, um, or I don't know what the article is called, but basically it's a, an article by Rabbi Gil Student, uh, who wrote um, about Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wind, which apparently came out recently. Yes, it did. Yes. Okay, I have never played Zelda. I've never played so. it either, but it's the the Nintendo Switch, oh, the okay. new game. It was the one that they were testing out. So I watched the Bu- Buzzfeed got a few ver- copies of it early. So I watched that video because I wanted to see the, how the graphics looked. I'm not a big gamer. I like how games look. I'd love to write stories for games someday, but that's probably never gonna happen. <laughs> but I like the stories, so I was watching this because they were pretty much only in the the story verse. Uh, so in somebody uh, somebody on Facebook sent it to us. Thanks, Ariel. Um, but Rabbi Gill student wrote this article about a problematic scene in that. Legend it's like of a Zelda. game mechanic that you have to. You ha- so pretty much you can get another life if you worship, and you have to press the button. I need. I'm gonna worship this idol that shows right. up. Like, oh, yes. do you want to worship the idol to get an extra life? Yes, of course you want an extra, or yes or no, and you want the extra life because you're in a game. So somebody sent a student a question: Can I worship a fake idol in a game? And he went into this whole lengthy uh, discussion over, like, halakhically, religiously, what. You know, is there an issue there? It's, if is it's it total re- fiction and you're not believing in it and it's just a character doing it, you know, in a completely fictional setting mm-hmm. and, like, there was a lot no of assumption of belief, all that. Do you, what did he say in the end? Um, it was okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, like, have to, I didn't check it today. I read it when uh, someone sent it to us, like, a week and a half ago. I'm almost 100% sure it was, it's okay. But he did, like, go through the whole thing, like, why it would be an issue, how it could still be an issue to some people. I right. think it was by, based on his interpretation. Mm-hmm. It was okay, uh, which is good for the three of us, because we read a lot of fantasy that do it. But I also, I think there was a difference between act, being active, saying, will I worship this idol versus not. Oh, interesting. Like, by, by watching, like, uh, I know I was saying that Supernatural has a lot of gods, like, mm-hmm. or, or God, and God's sister, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, like, if you're watching something or reading something, you're not actively creating these gods. I do wonder, like, if there'd be a problem with a somebody who is, like, a Torah-observant Jew writing a story that right. involves the gods. Right, so that's, that's very interesting. I know, um, um, I saw a conversation recently about uh, Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the first books. thing this article. Yeah, so the, those books are great books. They're they're if you don't know, they're based on uh, Greek mythology primarily, and um, and there is an element of of worship in there. Like the the, the kids are basically demigods. They're children, uh, half children of the of the gods, and they worship their godly parents by offering them food at meals, which is how the Greeks used to worship. Uh, that's pretty much the only religious element to the books as far as I recall um, but 
I, I, I did see somebody who, who, I think it was on Orthodox Ladies United and Fandom, uh, who said that somebody had, she, she'd read once, that somebody had, like, uh, somebody's kid had taken, like, wine from the Kiddush Cup and poured it out and said, like, I dedicate this to Poseidon. like, wait a second, what? <laughs> and I'm generally not the type of person who is, like, this has anything to do with real life or, like, you know, it's just a story, it's a great story, just treat it as a story. But I will admit that I would be a little bit disturbed I was, if that I, I saw that and I was like... Huh, I really yeah. hope the kid was joking. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think what they came out with, with was that the kid just didn't realize that, like, you know, to them, like, a vote Zara was not, like, a vote Zara. It was more just, like, uh, doing a thing that they did in the book, you know. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, so that, that does come out. And, yeah, gods in fiction are pretty hot right now and have been for a while. I think people, people like the idea of... Um, of deities with human flaws. I feel like that might go mm-hmm. to a lot of the heart of this, which is obviously in itself not a Jewish idea because we don't believe that God has any human attributes, really. Um, and depending all on of them and then none of them. Well, yeah, depending on they, all the, you know, on whichever commentaries you ascribe to, you know, we, don't, we do or don't believe that, you know, any of the, you know big important figures in the Bible have uh, have flaws. Right. So, it depends which interpretation. Right, but, but, they are, but they are human, though. Yeah. Like, they're not... They're, they're definitely yeah. human, but, like, yeah. are they fl- flawed or are they perfect? And, like, yes. Your entire <laughs> religion can, like, really, you know, be very different depending on how you interpret, you know, their actions. Going back to, to actual deities, um, you know, I, I it, it's actually funny to me, like, that... that so I've been watching American Gods, um, which is, I, I wouldn't, I think I said this before, I wouldn't recommend it if you are sensitive to not kosher imagery, because there is a lot of it. Um, <laughs> quite aside from the God issue. Um, I, I heard this week there was quite a bit. Oh, yes. Yes, there was. <laughs> I watched it right there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, aside from that, uh yeah, it, it is a book that is about uh, the humanization of of gods and deities as as we have had perceived them before, um, and how humans affect them, and how humans affect them, and how humans kind of create their own systems of belief, and those give birth to gods. Like, not to spoil the book, but that's basically a basic concept of it. And it's actually really funny to me because people have been really seizing on the idea that one of the one of the characters is like technical boy or future boy or something mm-hmm. like that and he's all like television and cell phones and whatever and i distinctly and remember no he's perfect he's oh. like very he was now old in the one? book i feel like no in he's the show he's like family. totally like he was an old god in the end no i don't remember, I don't remember but in, in the in the show he's like like i think he's one of the new like gods. shiny yeah. skin um but uh yeah. anyway he i guess that played better on camera yeah uh, they're not shying away from ugly, ugliness. I, uh, that that is for sure. Um, <laughs> okay, anyway, you're like representing my technology. my point is, I distinctly recall uh, being taught about Avodazara idol worship in elementary school, in my very religious elementary school, and the teacher saying that television is one of our modern uh, modern Avodazara. Yeah, it's a popular. <laughs> it's an idol, <laughs> and I'm like, see, 
That started way before. You like cultural commentators aren't coming up with anything particularly original here. I got that in Bisiaco. <laughs> well, that's because anything we don't like is a photozara. Yes, that's, that's also true. But I mean, I think it is a very interesting topic because because it is such a pervasive theme now. Like you know, obviously there's American gods. There isn't really much Jewish influence in American gods. Um, I think it's like all like it's way back. You it's know, yes. Kind of it tends to be like gods that are based in that are now considered mythology. Right. Like, it's not like well, like, I mean, but Jesus is in the book. Oh, and, is he? And in the show, oh, yeah. I, I never remember. Jesus was in the book. There's actually a whole speech in the show about there's a bunch of different Jesuses because there's like the Mexican Jesus and then there's the like <laughs> the the white Jesus. That yeah, was funny. Um, Jesus. because it's all in what you know people create basically. There's Santa but, Claus, right? Yeah, but it's interesting because Neil Gaiman is Jewish, mm-hmm. but he didn't really include. I mean. You know, well, it sounds like he didn't include like the big one for Christianity or Islam either. Well, Jesus. No, well, I'm like, saying, but Jesus, but know, like the big Jesus is still God. God like, oh, know, like yeah, the, the big guy. Right, that's true. Chuck. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Tamar. Oh, uh, you, can I just? Jump oh yeah, yeah. In go ahead. Yeah. Off that about like the concept um, of in American gods of like people's belief systems create. Um, gods out of, you know, if enough people believe in, in, in a thing, then it creates a god. Um, that's also something that, uh, that reminded, reminded me of Supernatural, because there is, like, a principle in the Supernatural universe that comes into play in, um, in some episode, in at least one episode, there may have been more than one, um, where, or maybe a different episode referenced it, but, like, it wasn't in that one, but anyway, um, where if, if enough people believe in some kind of thing, then it begins to manifest. Mm -hmm. So, like, internet pranks of, you know, this, I think it was this thing called Slenderman, um, where, like, there's this, you know, weird, you know, image in the back of, you know, in the back of, uh, some, some photographs, you know, and, like, you know, most of them were, you know, they're totally fake and they're pranks and whatever, but enough people start reading this website and enough people start believing that this is a real thing and then suddenly there is a real thing that the Winchesters have to um, hunt mm-hmm. down and kill. Well, that's not just a supernatural thing. Yeah. No, well, no, 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 I'm saying no, Slenderman. Slenderman. No, yeah. it was a thing. So, like, they borrowed that. Yeah, you know, and then it's they made kind of it like into... the meme theory of, of yeah. ideas that they're kind of contagious and... Yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, no, and, and I mean, you said Supernatural, obviously, I don't, I don't watch Supernatural, but, like, it's yeah. got a lot Supernatural of... Supernatural has tons of mythology, and, like, they've got, like, in the beginning, there's just demons, you know, that they hunt demons and whatever, um, and then season three or four brings in angels, and that's when the show gets really good, <laughs> um, and so then there's a whole angels, and then there's, like, a whole, you know heavenly struggle between all of the, you know, between the ideal battling ideologies, between the different angels and, like, how they think that the world should be run, um, and, you know, and then obviously there's the demons and there's hell and, you know, the different rulers of hell and then there's, you know, all kinds of things and, like, um, spoiler, they do bring in a god figure at one point in the like series. Like, capital G god. Capital G god. Like, the big guy. Um, and, like, in the beginning, you you know, you don't necessarily know who it is, and so I'm not gonna say. <laughs> one day when I, like, have a year's worth of time in my hand, I'm gonna watch Supernatural. Yeah, so... you <laughs> I'm not. You meet him, you meet him, um, and don't know, you know, what his... You know, deal is. What his deal is in the beginning, you know, and then as it goes on, um, eventually, there is one episode that just, like, 
He's like, okay, so like now it's time for me to tell you, by the way, I am God. But is he really like influencing the world? Is he all-knowing? Um, is- he seems to be, in some, in some respects, he is all-knowing, but then they set up this, um, then they set up, he's, he's all-knowing and all-powerful and he could do whatever he wants. Until he's not. Until, you know, then they set up this equal and opposing force, which turns out to be God's sister, called the Darkness, which was the villain, like, last season. Was it Lilith? Um, what? Amara, I think her name was. Amara, Amara. Yeah. Did they have Lilith in a different episode? I don't remember. Um, yeah, so they had, um, so they have God's sister, and she becomes this the villain, and, like, you know, so she has power that is equal to God's, but, you know, she is, you know, using it for different purposes. Of course she's a woman. You know. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then it, but then it ends up becoming you know a whole family drama in terms of you know just um, dad yeah. loved you more than me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like you know like all I want is, all I want is a family. All I want, you know in the end they all they want is a, all they both of them wanted was a family and blah blah blah. So I'm not going to say exactly. So I don't remember what happened, all of the details, but whatever it gets. It gets worked out, and then God and the darkness leave the stage. But so, okay, know? so your dad is a rabbi, as we know. Yes. Um, do you He doesn't feel, watch this. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> but, but do you feel any, like, because I know that, like, the closer something gets to, I hate this, I hate this term, but I'm just going to use it because I think it's relevant to the subject, but, like, Judeo-Christian, quote-unquote, <laughs> ideology, theology, um, the more uncomfortable I get in terms mm-hmm. of watching stuff, it doesn't mean I won't watch it, but, like... Oh. The good place I just started rewatching, and like then they have the very first scene, you know, like the the character asks the uh, their you know uh, angel orientation person, you know, like so um, can I ask who was right, you know, <laughs> and he was like, well, the Jews, the Christians, the Buddhists, you know, <laughs> and that one guy who was super yeah, high, sixty-eight yeah, percent yeah, right, no, no, he was, he was like, you know, everybody got like five percent, you know. <laughs> instance was, you know, um, was, his name was, like, Doug Fawcett, you know? And there's, like, Doug, a picture of him hanging in the yeah, office, yeah, he, like, points to yeah, him, and he's, like, <laughs> like, you know, and he, you know, he, he did a bunch of shrooms, and, you know, one of his friends asked him, you know, what comes after death, and he went off on this whole long thing, and he got 92% right. He is one of our favorites, oh, you know? You haven't finished the season yet. Well, I've, I've seen it before. Guys, stop oh, talking about the place. I'm gonna I'm watch it. This isn't, like, like the first five minutes. Yeah, this is the first. Yeah, but so anyway, I'm, I know yeah. that's like I'm like, yeah, oh, so you have like, to watch it, and you have to watch all the way to the end, even if it's a little bit boring at some points. Okay, so like that's the that's the kind of thing of like that, that you know is very clearly you know it's it's nowhere near you know any kind of quote unquote Judeo Christian values. Right, the whole yeah, point and, is and, that and like everybody of, was you know a lot wrong. of shows that do that <laughs> and a lot of media that does that kind of always riff off of that idea that like you know ah oh, there's some like like the afterlife is very mundane you know and like not. Not particularly exciting. Um, <laughs> okay, well, no, 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 so, like, not in, exactly. Okay, so in the not first, particularly like our conceptions of the yeah, more accurate. In the first episode, they like ask like what the bad place is like, and they're like, "You're not allowed to know anything about it." Like, here is a one second <laughs> yeah, audio. Like, we could, I can. However, I can play you an audio clip of what is happening in the bad genetic. place right now, and. Lots of torture screams. And then, yeah. like, that's it. And you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> and she, like, looks at the other guy who's, like, they were saying, like, 
because uh, the whole premise is that she ends up in the good place and she, yeah, yeah, no, you know, I know, mistaken yeah, yeah, yeah. identity yeah. and she shouldn't be there, you know, and like the other guy's like, maybe it won't be so bad in the bad place, you know, like then they get this audio clip and she's like, well, it doesn't sound awesome. And this is, this is, a, this is a teeny spoiler, but the people from the bad place show up and their way to torture Scott. One of them is Adam Scott and it's amazing. Um, and one of the ways they torture people is to force them to watch The Bachelor. <laughs> like people who belong in The Bad Place like The Bachelor. And they also have vanity license plates. And also to the, okay. on the way to the bad place, you know, they put you on a train and they're like, yes, it is very hot. And every time you think about how hot it is, it gets one degree hotter. <laughs> so not exactly biblical. Um, <laughs> no. But Tamar, very much grounded in our reality. Right. Okay. But so that's interesting. So like Tamar, how did you like, I don't know. Do you have any? So it was actually when we were talking, I was thinking of uh, Sanderson's Cosmere. Cosmoverse, That's all of his books, it. right? They're yeah, like, it's yeah. all of his books, and pretty much the idea is that in each book, or each series, is set on one planet, and the whole universe is essentially well, connected. that's since he's Mormon. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I really like his writing for a lot of reasons, yeah. uh, but a lot of the time I do feel like he's really good at figuring out the religious stuff because he is religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does it very respectfully. Yeah, he's yeah. really good at it, and, he usually, and he's also really culturally aware, like, whatever. I could get into a whole thing about how Sanderson actually <laughs> respects some cultures when other writers wouldn't. Um, but pretty much every world is dominated by either one or two, I don't think we've had any with three yet, deities, and they, they represent a idea. Mm-hmm. And the idea, like, you, like, either, like, you can have, like, reason and, uh, chaos, like, against each other in the same planet, or you could just have reason. I'm, like, not thinking mm-hmm. of them right now. I haven't read any in a while. And, it, and like, it's, there's, like, spoilers, but they're, like, f- throughout the series, like, you start realizing that, like, a person can become a god if they take control of something. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a, a power. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the, the people who now, the gods who are now, like, the gods that are of worship were once people who decided we wanted to be powerful. But we don't really know what happened. That's, like, another book that he hasn't written yet. Is that yet. the guy at the end of the of the first Mistborn? No, so that's... Uh, yeah, oh, so Seizad become... Uh, this is, like, a huge spoiler. Spoiler. Okay, huge, huge, huge. If you ever want to read Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn, do not listen right skip, now. Skip, skip forward, like, ten seconds. Skip forward, like, a minute. Okay. Pretty much somebody... He's gathering all this knowledge uh-huh. from the whole world. The things in his arms? Yeah, so okay. he's collecting the knowledge from all these people who have different backgrounds on the planet. Okay. And he ends up absorbing the power and recreating the world based on how After it it's should been destroyed. be. destroyed. Okay. Yeah, so it's been destroyed. It was The planet was shifted too close to the sun. It's like a whole thing. Wait, so he's a good guy? He's a good guy. The guy who was enslaving all of the... Uh, oh, a different no, no, no. guy. That's a different okay. guy. Okay. Yeah. That's a different guy. I read, I read this book a while ago. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that's the uh, the great ruler who is bad. Who's bad? Oh, okay. But he was almost yeah, good. But they have the same they have the same power of ferrochemy or however you pronounce it. Allomancy? No, no allomancy is, is where you take. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. There's you, something else. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's okay. When they get into the westerns, there are three. Yeah, no, and hema hemolurgy. Yeah, I find Sanderson a little bit overwhelming to read for some reason. I don't know. He introduces them very steadily, so like it wasn't overwhelming at the time. Yeah, no, no, no. Just the concept of all of his books. It's hard to understand. They're all connected. I need the Reddit guys. So like, I haven't read all of them. Um, I've read I've read like three of them so or four I think I've read just about all of his books Um, and you can start seeing trails and you can start seeing like there is one guy who randomly shows up in different places and you kind of have you don't really know a lot about him but you kind of get that he was somehow involved with all the gods being created but I think it's a really interesting take that like 
gods can be created and gods can mm-hmm. be replaced and it, and it's not like it's more of an idea and i think it might be is a little bit similar to yeah. american gods except they literally become ideas with like they don't have any physical body oh wait I, never mind i lied i read he like had an anthology recently and he included a story <laughs> and there's a body and i forgot about that um, <laughs> oh god is it canon not. Oh. <laughs> I think it is in canon. It is canon because he included some things that were like excerpts from some of his books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll cut that out because it was a huge spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say who. No, but but yeah, I mean, it is interesting because obviously, like the idea, I guess the concept of a god is a creator, right? Or the, certainly in the Jewish concept, I like. Yeah. I I mean. I guess it's possible that, like, other cultures... Like, I'm thinking of Hindu gods right away. Right, and that's more a control rather than a creation. They were... And a lot of the time, at least in Greek mythology, it's like they became the dominant one who did this, and they were good at it. Right. Like, there were battles to beat the gods, essentially. Um, I, I don't know why. Every time I think of greek gods like in this discussion i'm either thinking of two things one is this series called that begins with oh my god i like looked it up because i forgot the author's name it's called oh my gods by tara lynn child it's like a ya book where this girl finds out that she's like greek gods are real and she like her dad her mom got remarried to a guy who runs a school for their descendants so like it's kind of so like Percy, Percy Jackson, Jackson. <laughs> but with a girl instead of a guy right. and a lot more and a, and a school instead of a camp yeah and so and like there's a lot, and, like, she ends up becoming, like, her god who represents her ends up being Nike because she's an athlete. Oh, okay. So it's, like, very cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and then also, like, Charm did a, a two-part episode way back when where the witches became the gods, and mm-hmm. there were the, the, definitely the titans were actually there, and, like, those are technically mm-hmm. gods, and I just remember... Yeah, they were, like, like the proto-gods. Yeah, yeah. So, so, like, one of the charmed ones became the god Zeus's powers, and one got Aphrodite, and the other one got Poseidon, and it was interesting how it was more definitely, like, control rather than, we now made this! Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a difference between, like, my favorite word, Judeo-Christian <laughs> culture. Um, but I think there's definitely a different idea between creating creation gods and maintenance well, well Jesus I guess would be a sustain I mean I, I obviously don't want to well, he, comment I seriously mean, Jesus. Jesus. I haven't studied Christianity but like as part of God he would be the maintenance staff I yeah. guess right because he yeah he's because he came and yeah there's, there's, there's yeah. definitely concepts you know within you know Judaism of the fact that like God is maintaining the world constantly right. and that you know if God ever you know decided Stopped that creating we shouldn't the world. The, yeah. you know then we would just go poof yeah um but yeah, no, so so that's all, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, do you want to talk about K-pop? Oh, so, um... <laughs> oh, wait, I just want to say one more thing. Yeah, have an episode tomorrow doesn't talk about K-pop. <laughs> I, know, I was like, no, I did when you brought it up, and I was, like, laughing. Well, no, so it's, it's actually interesting to me how creators, like, deal with this, because, you know, like, Joss Whedon, pretty, pro, like, famous atheist, right? Mm. But he, I mean, I haven't seen a story of his that isn't, to some degree, about faith in some mm. way, um... Even has a character named Fee. Yes, even has a character named has one who's glory, so... Yeah. But so he's very interesting to me in that, like, the the entire mythology of Buffy follows, like, pretty standard Catholic ideology, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the cross is holy. Holy mm-hmm. water that's blessed by a priest. You can't just say a bracha over it and it's holy. It has you to be can, blessed if by a priest. You can if you're Claire's books and you're... Jewish vampire. A Jewish vampire, okay. <laughs> but, like, so that that always struck me as really fascinating that, like, those rules work in his world that is... But silver bullets you know, are a thing. Uh, right. That, that is, I guess, a 
godless world, but a very godly world because there's hell and like they're over a hell mouth. And that's, that's where everything bad happens. Oh, in I Buffy. think a lot of like what we're talking and about. And there's a heaven. Kind of shows the right. There is a heaven. The yeah. pervasiveness of like Christian culture in America. Mm-hmm. That's true. And but even a, a show that is yeah. basically completely secular still is and know, people know really drawing on all yeah. these Christian ideas. and people know like supernatural. It's not like that. I mean, I'm sure. I'm guessing once in a while they'll be like Jewish something, but most of the time it's there was a golem. Ugh, that's like the only thing people ever reference yeah. to Judaism. But I know, but, but they like, did angels. have they did have like a like, Hebrew activation phrase that you needed in order to do it. But I could phrase. never figure out what exactly what that phrase was. But like, but when they're talking about like if they're talking about angels or archangels, like that's not a common part of Judaic. M- religion nowadays like it the people there are angels and people do maybe study it, like kabbalistically but like it's not like we went like in first grade we were like okay we're gonna learn all the angels names now and all the different classes right. of angels and what the difference is between a, a seraph and a this and a that like but yeah, yeah but they're definitely there you know no, like, they're definitely, but they're not know, part they're... of our culture so like if someone but, made supernatural and was like this is a jewish based show i'd be like no this is a christian based show it's yeah. right well, it's I mean, like it's... the con the, the the base concept is jewish and then the manifestation is christian mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, they, obviously, you know, all the names of the, uh, you know, angels, you know, there's, you know, um, Uriel, right. and well, those are Raphael, real angels names, you know, right. so, like, those are, yeah, but it's, like, so there's, you know, and, and you know, so, but, like, all the Christian archangel names come mm-hmm. from, you know, the Hebrew names, right. you know, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, because now I'm thinking of, like, uh, you know, we had all kind of t- tried to think of, of stories that use this, and for some reason I just remembered, um... His Dark Materials. I never finished it. Philip Pullman. Okay, so I read the those first books. What? Okay, I'm trying to figure out. What oh, you're they're, to they're, yeah, there's Philip a trilogy. A, no, no, I read them, but you, oh, okay. but it's referencing what that is Christian. I haven't read the it. The author is very, well, actually, is very atheistic, and like I, from what I understand, the books end up coming out. Like, yes, very the, the third yeah. book is the the characters. Well, spoiler, but it's been out for a really long Don't time. They all it's die? like 20 years no, old. They kill God. Okay. They actually yeah. kill God. Supernatural. They kill death. Yeah. So it's but, death. but that's it's not they No, they never was... explore the ramifications of what what having killed death does. Okay. Like people still die. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Whatever. It's a show. But but in in I you know I read it when I was quite a bit younger. But like that that really disturbed me because they were recognizable Judaic ideas and like you know the the I think there were a couple of Hebrew phrases tossed in there. You know, and like it's interesting. Yeah, if you're gonna like, kill, it's always Jewish. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, right, I had to say it. And, uh, you know, like Lainey Taylor also, she has a lot of, she uses a lot of, of Hebrew. Yeah, she uses a lot. I got yeah. really annoyed. I, I, <laughs> also Sarah, Ma- Sarah J. Mass uses a and lot. I, don't, I haven't read her, but Literally, yeah. her last series I mean, has, like, Lashon HaKodesh is the book that we need to figure out how to save the world. We had to figure out Lashon HaKodesh. And I'm like, hi. Lashon HaKodesh is Hebrew. Just um, find your local Jews. Yeah, <laughs> they can help you out. Oh uh, man, what what did that? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Do you know? Have you guys read Dune? No. Okay. Me too. I have not read Dune either, but uh, <laughs> but I started it and I thought it was boring, so I stopped. Um, That's why I never started it because it looked boring. But but the, it looked the like main sand. like the main it it is actually very inspired by Jewish mythology and the main like Paul Atreides, mm-hmm. the main character, I think his. His title, his, like, prophetic title, I'm sorry if you've read Dune and I'm getting this totally wrong, but his prophetic title, as I understand it, is the Kwisas Haderach. So it's Kvitad Haderach. 
like yeah dune blah 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 so blah blah this guy like the the queen's house hot rock and i was like what did you just say <laughs> and she was like the queen's house hot rock and i was like amazing how do you know that word <laughs> and she was like it's from dune and i'm like no it's not <laughs> yeah uh in case you don't know that's the judaic concept of god shortening the way because you're you're going to do uh, going uh, through the desert and right then, you know, uh, god shortens the and way. uh you're doing his will basically in a, a good it makes it easier job. for you right. because you're doing the right thing right um, and I think I'm not doing the right thing with my life. We had to be slaves for a lot of years yeah. before we could get there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and it's, it's very obscure. I mean, like that's not, I don't even think that phrase is used in Tanakh. It's used in commentary. And yeah, so I was, I was it's just It's not like, the first thing that. that runs into my head. Definitely not. And would have no meaning relating to like, like the, the way shortener. I don't think that that's what it's supposed to mean. But uh, yeah, I found that really funny. Um, but to, to round this off, um, Tamara's going to talk a little bit about K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> One time I'll get there. I talked about Doctor Who. I didn't even talk about Sarah JMS. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to talk about K-pop. So pretty much, uh, I don't know if everybody knows anything about K-pop who's listening to this, but when you're talking about, usually, I don't really use this when you're talking about uh, British boy bands and British girl groups because America doesn't have those anymore. Uh, but when you're talking about young singers usually in boy bands and girl groups but not always because you can have a solo one they're known as idols um i don't know how it came about i used to think way back when before i knew anything that it was clearly because of like they are worshipped like gods Mm -hmm. when they are the top like literally like you can't compete with them with it's also like American Idol, though. So American, I mean, it's just like the name you use for uh, singers. Like an idol is like a singer. Like that's what you use right. for like uh, an acting yeah, or idol like, or whatever. So it's always one. So of it's someone you want to look up to. Yeah, right. So like it's a phrase that people use. So like when you're talking about it, you talk about K-pop idols. Like I have to usually define it in my articles. Like by the way, that's what they call them. But like I I use it so frequently that if anybody reads what I write, like I'll just throw it in, and sometimes I'll forget that I need yeah. to be like. It's kind of like the way we use icon. Right. Yeah, no, which is also, also a religious, religious word. It's yeah. also a religious word. Yeah. So, but a lot of the time, like, K-pop fandom is really intense, and a lot of the time, I do not like. I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, you can't be doing this. But like, I'm like, when we were started talking about this topic, I was just thinking like, I literally spend my entire day half a degree on idols. Like, is this a problem? I, I mean, I don't think it is. I don't think it's the same thing. It's just the word that we use. But I was like. And then I was like, okay, but in Korean, idol is kids, so I can pretend it's that. Okay, we're good. Uh, I literally had this thought process. I mean, it just equals very famous person. Yeah, I mean, it's like when I write, you know, like, I hear, you know, pop icon, you know, I don't think of, like, a little, you know, icon that people carry around and worship, you know, I think, well, I mean, well, icon with so many other things. Right, it's interesting, though, because the, I mean, not root, but the word, term idol, the word idol means a little statue that you pray to. The term icon means a picture. Mm-hmm. And that is usually a religious picture, but it's a picture. Yeah, and it's become um, it, the meaning. Yeah. The meaning has you know, well, especially uh, with the digital age. I mean, like yeah, you know, but, like have icons for yeah. everything. So I mean, I personally don't think I have any problem talking about K-pop idols or having my career trying to base it around them. But I, I am concerned. Not like for me, but like people get really invested in this, and it literally becomes their lives. Like my friends will go to concerts, and they'll meet people who have followed this band around the world, going to each concert, and like. How do they make money? By selling pictures of this band that they take. Like, that's how they make money off of other people, other who, people as, who are as they worship on, 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 on these on concerts. concerts right. And usually buying cycle. these idols 
really intense gifts. And, like, if you guys hear what some of these people get, like, literally, I just saw, this is the craziest thing, a mid-tier band, their fans got enough money to donate part of a forest in, I think, Ghana, but they can't donate it because there's too many different K-pop idols fans built donating forests in the names of those idols. So literally there are forests and there's also schools that have been built like in Africa that people have raised money for and because it's our favorite singer's birthday so we're going to donate a school in Africa. So when these fans when these idols have 50 That's million a fans good use yeah. of it. or 50 million definitely not 50 million. When they have 2 million <laughs> fans who each donate a dollar yeah. They can do it, and it's really, really good. And like they'll, in Korea, they'll often donate rice. Like you'll go to a concert, and I thought this was really fascinating. They'll have like bags, huge bite. I'm like motioning, but nobody can see me. They have like 20 pound bags of rice stacked up, like hundreds of them, and those are being donated at the end of the concert. Those mm-hmm. are fans' gift to the idol because they know the idol has a lot of money. Yeah. But like, it's not even just the wealthy ones you call idols. Like you call like the baby ones who are never getting anywhere. Like. Oh, that idol group failed. Like, mm-hmm. it's just an interesting term, and people really do treat them like the way I imagine that people used to kind of treat idols, actually. Right. Like, we're going to give you food We're because you Here's make us offering. feel better. Yeah. You you inspire me. Here's donations in your name. And, like... Well, I mean, a lot of the time they would give it to the idols so that, you know, the idols wouldn't smite them. Right. Well, like it's that, sort of the reverse you know. process. Like it, it like, wasn't necessarily out of gratitude. It's more I mean, right. Yeah. Sometimes it was. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but often depends it was out of fear. Yeah. I don't think it was. Please always. keep the rain coming, as opposed to like. <laughs> well, no, but like if you look at Hindu worshippers nowadays, they still do donations, and mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think they're thinking. Please don't smite me. They're thinking. Yeah. Please give me an easy year. Please give, make mm-hmm. my family healthy. Please help my kid get married. Like. Yeah. Right. It's not. I mean, like it is. Like, please don't make a like a storm come and ruin my house. But it's not like. Mm-hmm. You are the god of fire. You are going to smite me if I don't donate right. to you. And, like, I, I think that... I'll... Yeah, I mean, I feel like Hinduism doesn't believe in, like, the capriciousness of gods, as in a lot of other religions, though. They have pretty vicious gods. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, arbitrary? I, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't haven't uh, learned about Hindu. I do they have a lot uh, of them that... They have one that if he stops dancing, the world ends. So I think they're cool. pretty capricious. Yeah. <laughs> so keep him dancing. So keep him dancing. <laughs> Give him lots of <laughs> keep him dancing. Um, <laughs> now I have rock steady. If or you guys, something. this is not anything related to anything we're talking about. But if you ever want to get an, a, a really fast idea of Hindu mythology, watch uh, Sita sings the blues. It's a movie. It's an animated movie created by a Canadian woman who ended up living in India for a while, and they use like 1920s like, actual, like, American 1920s music to portray the mythological story of Sita who, like, gets abandoned by her husband because of all these, like, mythological things. And, and it's a really fascinating story. We had to watch it in my Hindi and history class. Cool. And it's cool because it, 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 like, it's random, like, Hindu stuff, and then you get, like, 1920s, like, the scratchy type of music. Right. Like, huh. Well, there's, there's actually a, a Pixar short. I forget what it's called. Like Sanjay's super team, and it was that's supposed to be really good. Yeah, it was. It was really, really cute. So definitely that. look that up. That um, so yeah, I think we're gonna wrap up so our Sanjay's super team. What did that have to do with? Oh, things? so it's about like a, a boy whose father is like trying to, I think, like teach him about the like gods. yeah, the gods and and Hindu worship, and like he's oh, not cool. interested, and then like he falls asleep and has a dream where like they kind of combine with like a TV show that he's watching, and like end up like winning based on like you know. Like beating the the bad guys from the TV show based on their like cool powers and stuff, so it was it was very cool, um, very nice little short. 
but yeah so that's that's it for us today uh sm where can we find you online um, you can find me online on Facebook and on Twitter at Floating Spirals and on my Amazon page. And Tamar? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tamar Writes, and you can check out my articles. Oh! You can <laughs> check out everything of mine at TamarHerman.com. Oh, I made a site also, but I don't remember the URL because it's a Google site, and so it's complicated. But if you Google SM does stuff, it might show up. I guess I should make a site. To be fair, Google Sites site. is really easy to use, and like you yeah, don't need to so do any of your own Yeah, but so many podcasts I listen to tell me to use Squarespace. Heard of that also? <laughs> yeah, Squarespace is expensive, and I haven't heard such great things. Uh, Google Sites is free. It looks pretty. I think if you want to buy like a specific domain name that will you know redirect to your site so that you can actually remember your URL, right. you know, <laughs> so that I hope that will cost money. But yeah. the site itself, um, will be totally is probably free. cheap, it's and it's hermit. really really easy to like nine dollars uh, for the okay. first year, and I think fourteen the next one or right. something. Yeah, so they have like these really nice clean templates, and it's very easy to manipulate things on it, and cool. you know you can adjust anything anytime you want. Awesome. It's all saved in your Google Drive. Well, for the time being, you can find me on Twitter at Ink Ezrain, and you can find my writing at hypable.com. You can find the Nice Jewish Fangirls online at on Facebook at Nice Jewish Fangirls, on Twitter at Jewish Fangirls. You can send us an email at NiceJewishFangirls at gmail.com. And shout out to Daniel for a really awesome email. Um, are you single? <laughs> <laughs> are we, we're not asking that, are we? I want to know how it feels to have the same name as the character in The Chosen. Because your name, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Am I keeping that in? We're probably going to cut this. <laughs> Thank you to Daniel for the awesome email. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, and by all means, please send us emails. Tell us your thoughts on stuff, what you like, what you don't like. I review mean, like, us on iTunes. And, and yes, absolutely. Please review, review us on iTunes. We haven't actually gotten a review since, like, March. So, like, obviously you guys are really busy. But, like, if you could just take a minute, it would actually really it help us. Off. Yeah. Pesach was a long time ago. We're after Lagba Omer. So, like, music's back. But anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. You can also, of course, find us at jewishcoffeehouse.com, which has uh, recently been redesigned and reorganized. There's new podcasts coming soon. You can listen to some of the uh, already established podcasts, like the Maimonides Minute and Middle Grade Horror, and there's really lots and lots of, of great stuff on there. You can just scroll through and be like, am I interested in this? Yes, I am. And a lot of them are not as long as ours. So <laughs> What'd you say? They're a little easier to listen to. Oh, as long as ours. Maimonides Minute is probably much shorter. About a minute, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for us this week. We will speak to you soon. Live long and prosper, everyone.